Let's crack on because we've got Darren Weatherly waiting. Loveracing.nz for all you need to do to find your next winner. Go and have a look at the trials from uh, Tarapa on Tuesday and you will see one horse in particular, well, lots of them trialed splendidly, but Pierre, our 2000 Guineas winner, is back at the races and Darren Weatherly is back on the line with us. Morning, mate. How are you doing? How are you, Louie? Mac, all right, guys? Yeah. Loving it, brother. Loving it, Darren. Super. We are super, because it's a good time of year, isn't it? And it must have been a bit of buzz at Tarapa on Tuesday, and you had, of course, uh, Marley Stombeck as well. And uh, you've picked up a, a real nice filly, I noticed, as well, Darren. So it's uh, exciting times for you and Briar. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, the team trolled really well. We were so pleased to have Marley back, because two years ago we were kind of, when I asked my vet, Ronan Costello, whether we would get back to the races, and he looked at me and said, we'll be lucky if we, you know, like, he's a 50-50 chance of surviving this because he um, broke his pedal bone that bad. So um, to get him back at the trials the other day, I had a lump in the throat. So um, And he actually trolled really well too. So I'm looking forward to him getting back on the track. And um, and obviously, yeah, we were very lucky to secure Tulsi, um, who, who was proven before we got her. She'd run second in the size produce. So... Um, she trolled really, really well, obviously, and um, and yeah, to have have Pierre back, uh, his trial was super, you know, in, in a really, really good field. I mean, we ran out there to win, but he just um, he he flew the lids and travelled nice the whole way, and Sam come back with a smile from ear to ear, so that's encouraging for the spring ahead, anyway. Morning, Darren. Just where are they going next? So we'll start with Pierre. I know the pressure will be on to take her to Australia because she, oh, sorry, he, because he's part owned over there. Any chance you can get him to a Foxbridge or a Tarzino first, or do you think he's on the plane? Look, Mick, um, Melbourne's always a big carrot, but it's also like I've, I've got in my mind, and look, I come from the old Jim Gibbs era where your sort of horse comes first, and um, and uh, he is only four, and he is a November foal, so he's actually not four until the end of November. And sometimes that Flemington Carnival, the Melbourne Carnival, can be quite tough on a four-year-old. I mean, like, there's nothing set in stone yet. There's races like the Memsey and so forth, but you also, you don't want to bugger them and, and, and flatten them because, um, personally, I'd like to be able to stay here and run in a race like the Foxbridge and then maybe the Tazino and then... If he was keeping up and, and looking like he's um, worthy of taking over the Tasman, I wouldn't mind trying a race like the Golden Eagle, which is for four-year-olds only worth $10 million. That's a pretty good carrot. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. There's there's options, but you've also got five, six, seven-year-old you can go to Melbourne, can't you? But I just, I really want to try and nurse him as a four-year-old, to be fair, because he is still, in my mind, still a year away. So well, um, we'll, we'll just see how we go. On that trial the other day, I, I would suggest he can win one or both of those races if things go his way. So that being the case, for our listeners who love a punt, and I'm sure they love Pierre too, but they don't love him as much as they have money, what are the chances of him actually turning up in the Foxbridge um, or turning up in the Tarzino? Because I think if he's starting in the Foxbridge, the $8 is beautiful. Yeah, like, like he's, a, he's, a, he's a good chance. I'm really, really leaning towards that way. Um, obviously, I've got uh, owners and, and connections in the horse that we we have to um, have a bit of a round table. But I just I really feel I'm heading towards staying here just for the benefit of the horse. I mean, I've seen horses over the years, four year olds go over to Melbourne and come back with a blood nose. You know what I mean? And um, 
and I think if we just nurse them through the first couple of races, um, Foxbridge and then maybe Hawke's Bay, and then if he's coping with everything and so forth, I'd rather just do a hit and run in Sydney and then come home, put him in the paddock and get him ready for that million dollar race on Karaka night, um, rather than going to Melbourne and taking on the guns and the Memsy and then going through to attack races like um, you know, the, um, the Zach Mile race, the two rack and the, and the Cox Plate. I mean, good races, great money, but it's still, you're racing against the best and he is only a boy, you know. So, yeah, I've just got all that to think about. It gives me a headache thinking about it, but um, we'll, we'll get through. But at this stage, I'm really, I, I'm really leaning towards staying here and going in the Fox Bridge. But in saying that, a, a, a big weather watch as well. I'm, I'm really hoping we get a dry spring. If the heavens yeah. opened and the box bridge was going to be run on a heavy 10, I would be on the plane and, and out of here because um, you, I don't want to, even though he handled the track the other day at the trials, and I know he does handle it, but you can also bottom them running around in heavy track. So we're hoping the sun stays out. We all get a nice dry spring and the um, the uh, good racing of old comes back, you know, like the day, day, days at Hawke's Bay that, um, with the nice, nice, good, firm tracks and, and good horses. It'll be great. Great to be there. It's a that's a, a like a wonderful insight, Darren, into what goes on in a trainer's brain, actually, because you've got so many things to weigh up, and the horse always comes first, but there's just so many secondary and third things you need to think about. And and talking to a, a few trainers with the nice horses coming back, you're all thinking the same thing. Like if we get a spring like last year, for example, where the uh well pretty much or well, the second day was at Matamata bizarrely but the the first day and the third day were both wet tracks i mean it would absolutely gut these fields so punters got to be really cautious playing into these futures markets i mean maybe one market that is a, a little bit easier to to know if the horse is going to be there would be the 1000 guineas and you said you you're lucky enough to pick up Tulsi who was formerly down the line with Jono and Holly so I thought she was the trial of the day, to be honest. I just was so impressed, and she looks like a million bucks. Is she is she a thousand guineas filly for sure? Yeah, look, hey, look, we've been a little bit spoilt by inheriting her, to be fair. Um, Jono and Holly, had obviously, they'd been doing the hard yards. and um, But, look, she's like, um, she thinks manual labour's a Mexican bandit and a track work. It was very hard to get a line on her, you know. She just... Um, she, so we, we did take her to the trials and we put Michael McNabb on who had written her for John Owen Holly and, and she trolled super and he came back and he was really pleased with the way she felt, which was good. But uh, yeah, her long-term plan would definitely be the Thousand Guineas. Um, she'll go from, her first start will be maybe at Telpo. It's a midweek three-year-old 1100 metre, uh, sorry, a three-year-old Phillies race, which is a lead up into the um, Gold Trail Stakes and then... Um, and then look at heading down to Rickerton. Yeah, that's the plan. Darren, we uh, were talking also in this segment about ownership of horses, and of course you have shares in some of your horses, most importantly Pierre. Is it more difficult as a trainer when you own a share? Like, I suppose basically, for example, a horse like Tulsi, what the owner wants, eventually he has to get, because you can argue for a while, but they can always you know, move the horse on. A horse like Pierre, you're also thinking about what's best for the horse, what's best for yourself, and and your. Does it muddle the decision making process? Does it make it easier, or does it make it harder? Oh, probably. Probably to be fair, it makes it easier that I do own a share in Pierre, and we breed him, and 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 so forth. Um, and otherwise, yeah, I might not have too much say at all. To be fair, but um, 
Yeah, no, no, he's um, the owners are great. They're, they're, they're really, really good, and 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 like, you know, I'm pleased to have quarter of a share in them. I'll be honest with you there, and um, and and my good mate over in Aussie, Aussie Kerr, he's um, he's actually a good bloke to talk to, and like he has his opinions, obviously, but um, we can sort of come to an agreement and reason with him and and Barry Wright who's um my co-breeder and he's got half a share he just he just runs with whatever we we decide he knows I'm trying to do the best for the horse and um no no really pleased to really pleased to have those guys on board and um and obviously pleased to have quarter of a share on a good horse it's uh it's exciting times for everyone Darren it's been good to chat to you this morning is there is there something in the stable that uh, that's uh exciting that we can keep an eye on or something that you're taking to the races the early part of spring that we should look keep an eye out for oh look with uh, another horse at trial the other day was um our St Ledger winner SVR I thought his trial was really really strong the way he come up under Sam and, yes. and worked the line and um our connection the owners of uh SVR and myself have decided we might um, take him to Melbourne. He'd be a nice one suited for some of those country cups and hopefully go a wee bit further. So um, that's in the pipeline, whether we give him a run here or another trial and then on the plane. But, um, yeah, that's, um, that's going to be exciting times for us as well. So no, looking forward to it. And it's, uh, I tell you what, it's a good problem to have a few nice horses around here and going in different directions, but it's a good problem to have Yep, you'd be uh, when the phone stops going, you, you're in trouble. So <laughs> it's always good to yeah, talk to 100%. you, mate. <laughs> you yeah. Appreciate it, Darren. We'll, we'll talk again soon. See ya. No, good luck, guys. Yes, thank you. Yeah, he's a good man, Darren Weatherly. Love racing.nz. Go back and have a look at those trials on Tuesday. Mick, um, just going through them. Imperatriz, she was outstanding. Uh, she just looks at, she just is, she's such a beautiful mare and she always has been as a filly as well. Um, we saw on the bubbles rail and win. Sharp and smart. I saw your tweet and I totally agreed. He just looks like a, a, a real big boy and, and we'll judge him off his next trial. Yeah, and also look, these are the other horses are speed horses. I mean, Legato's fast, and Imperatures is very fast, and even P is fast. But Sharp and Smart's potentially going to be in a Caulfield Cup. So what it mm. was doing the other day, and what the other horses are doing, are two totally different things. I think trials. A lot of people get carried away. You can't win a big race on trials day, but you can lose one. You know, sometimes you see horses, you're like, oh yuck, I don't like that much, and. On the back foot at the start of spring is not a good place to be because it happens really quickly. But I thought it was a great set of trials. Like the horse who I was the most impressed with was Prowess, and not to the eye because I think Tulsi was great and Imperatures was outstanding. But I think we, I don't think she spelled that well. I think when she went for a spell, she just mucked around and didn't really enjoy life outside the stable much. And I know when Robert and Roger brought her back in, she actually improved more post-spell than you think, you know, sometimes they come back from a spell and they put on 40 kilos and you go, beautiful, we've got a bigger piece of marble for which to make our statue. But I think that she showed the other day that she's really in the zone, she's dialed in, she's in for a good spring. So I think she's in a good spot. And what Darren just said there was really interesting. Every trainer I've spoken to has said, yeah, I want to go to Melbourne or I want to go to Sydney or I'd like to do this or I'd like to do that, but, and it always comes with the but when it comes to these four-year-olds, but we have that new million-dollar four-year-old race. Now, see, Pierre wasn't eligible for the Caracas three-year-old classic last year, which was probably the race of the season. When he you was up, wasn't he? 
No, he wasn't in. He, he was. He's, he's a home brick, so he wasn't eligible to run him. Hmm. So it was Prowess, Legato, Desert Lightning, um, uh, Wild Knight, but Peard and Racent. So he's eligible for the four-year-old race because it's not a sales race. It's an open race. So all of a sudden, there's the very real potential, and I sort of hope they have such good springs that it doesn't matter. I hope that they, they blow the lights out of Melbourne and Sydney and they, they, they're almost too good to be there. But there's the real possibility that we're going to see maybe Legato. I think she's probably the least likely, but you know, Ken's a pretty conservative guy. Maybe she'll have two or three runs in Melbourne. Maybe Legato, maybe Prowess, and Pierre. Three different Guineas winners, New Zealand 1,000 Guineas, New Zealand 2,000 Guineas, Australian Guineas winners, uh, three Guineas winners or th the winners of three Guineas plus the winners of a Vinery and an, a Wait for Age Bone Crusher Stakes winner at three as a filly. Yeah. We might see all of those in a four-year-old race on Caracamillion night, which when you consider how big the Caracamillion is, yeah. I've got a couple of updates on that. That race added to it will be like wow, and there's don't get yeah. there's plenty of other good four jobs to come back. Just on that, have a big story coming out the Herald on Wednesday. Uh, Paul Wilcox explaining to us exactly what needs to happen for the Caracas Million to be on at Ellerslie. So we're going to go step by step of what needs to happen now, where the Ellerslie track is. And there's a fascinating uh, picture to go with it of the substructure of the Ellerslie track and, and all the stages they're going to go through. But yes, at this stage, they are confident and hopeful that Caracamillion 2024 will be at Ellerslie hyphen. And, and we talk about exactly what would need to happen. So at least people can play along. And, and then I'm going to take the cameras out there in a couple of weeks, Louis, film the track. And then um, Paul Wilcox is going to be on the first weigh-in. Weigh-in returns with myself and Emily Boston on September the 4th. Wilco's going to be on that show because we realise how much it means to people and we think it's crucial to keep them updated on that because that is an absolute circle on the calendar job. Yep, bang on, Mick. And I think where I uh, I think I totally agree. I, I think the writing's on the wall that they're just starting to get cautiously, cautiously optimistic about Ellerslie. And I think also I was thinking... Did Pierre race Maven Bell in that sprint race? Was there a, I feel like there might yeah. have been. He, yeah, no, he was P there P on. Exactly. P Pierre raced Maven Bell in the Old yeah. Manzor Trophy and just dropped That's off a it. little bit in the bed. He ended up a little bit further back on the inside. But yes, he, he did race that night, but he wasn't eligible because, of course, he's a homebred, so he's not a sales horse. Yeah, makes sense. And the, interestingly, they've got the market open for that four-year-old race. Legato, Prowess, they share the favouritism. Piers at $16. You just heard Darren then. They're definitely going to come back for it. So it's a long, long way away. I'm not necessarily recommending you have a bet into that sort of futures market. After this, Dad Taylor, we're going to get to your text messages. Trev's come through with a ripper. Winter Cup was winner was Ritani for the Taplins. She went to stud, but things didn't go right. And now is back and work with them on the Sunshine Coast. Watch this space. Trev. You're a fountain of knowledge. I appreciate you.